It's August 18th, 2023, and you're listening to the Architecture Geeks podcast. I'm Larry. And I'm Matthew. And we're your friendly neighborhood architects being geeky as we want to be. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. We hope you're all doing well and having an enjoyable summer. And if you're in Texas, you're trying to stay cool and comfy versus sweating like a pig. I think we're both managing to do a little bit of both. I I don't know about you, but but on the weekends, we just don't go outside if we don't have to. Yeah, we've tried to find water parks nearby. Like we went to the local Hawaiian Falls twice and over the past few weeks. And, and that was kind of fun. Uh, still brutally hot, but, you know, we, we found enough shade. I actually didn't get burned once. I was actually very proud of myself, even though it was 105 outside. That's pretty impressive. As pale as you are, I'd think you would flash burn in about 10 minutes. It takes closer to 30, but yes, that's it, uh, that sounds about right. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, not awesome. You know what I mean? But anyway, so hope everyone's doing well. And we thought we'd, we would sort of do a flip um, on a previous podcast. We had talked about ArcaSpeak, about the way architects communicate with clients, because we we don't always do the best job because I think we tend to get inside our heads and we start getting into technical terms and suddenly... The other thing, I, I don't know that we actually really notice that the client's eyes are starting to glaze over and we just keep right on going. So, so instead of talking about communicating with clients, we're going to talk a little bit about how clients really communicate with us. How do they go about expressing their wants, expressing their needs, and really getting it across to us what it is that they want to have done. As, as Larry mentioned, we did an entire podcast about how, how well or how poorly architects communicate to the public. And you know, that, that takes any kind of shape anywhere between 3d renderings that are gorgeously colored out and, and, and just super realistic that everybody can visualize and be like, yes, that's a cool building all the way down to some chicken scratch on the back of a napkin. And, Hopefully the client gets it. Hopefully they build it right, but who knows? So, yeah. So today we 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 thought we'd flip the script a little bit and and see where it goes because I know I've had a couple of interesting ways that people have tried to communicate their ideas to me. But like for you, Larry, it started with a client actually cutting up one of your drawings. Actually, they I think they cut up multiple because I I had uh, we were doing a a renovation in addition to the house and we were going over the master suite and, and the whole kitchen area on the first floor, everything that we were going to be doing on the first floor. And, and I had laid out what in my head was, okay, this makes sense as, as this, this part of the house. And I think we can get everything in here they want to on the first floor and all within the existing space, pretty much. I mean, that's, that's the kitchen got moved to the addition but the space was there, but we're having to completely rebuild it because the addition, the the side porch was in such poor shape. But anyway, so 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 you know, I I presented like like I tend to do, and, and you know, there's usually more than one option whenever you're presenting a plan to a client. And that was this case. Went through everything, left it with them. So guys, you know, review it, look at it, just leave it out somewhere. This is what I always tell clients: leave it out somewhere where they can see it and and make notes as it comes along, because they, you tend to notice things you hadn't noticed before. And they called me up and said, okay, hey, can we meet? We, we want to go over you know, the changes we want to make to your plans and stuff. And I walk in, and they had literally cut out each room. 
They cut out all the spaces into individual little, little pieces and then gone about taping them back into the order that they thought would work because they actually took my plans and walked through the house with them in their hands and like, okay, if I go into the master bedroom here, okay, the closet's now here. Does that make sense? And here's what the bathroom is doing. I don't know. Maybe we should do this instead. And had rearranged everything essentially. And then handed me this piece of paper with all this stuff taped on it. And I thought, it made me laugh at first because I thought, oh my gosh, this is, this is, this is just so much. But the more I thought about it, I'm like, this is genius. This is, this is a client who really took to heart this idea of, of really reviewing their plan and really understanding what everything meant and then going through and deciding, okay, this is how we think we can get it to work for us. And then being able to communicate that back. In fact, I, I still have, I've kept that piece of paper because it is one of my favorite things now. I may have to get it framed because I just, I just absolutely love it. But, but this is a great way. I, I think, I think clients, a lot of times don't necessarily understand plans or drawing, you know, plans or elevations. They, they want to tell you they do, but they don't necessarily. But for a client to be able to do this, I think, I think works really, really well. And I, I would almost encourage other clients to do the same thing. Yeah. I, I have a, an accountant for a wife and she is absolutely amazing at Excel. So, and that's the only reason how I, kind of figured out how this happened because I had a client come to me with a floor plan that had been drawn in Microsoft Excel. She found that it was the easiest way to, she had the, 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 each cell was a specific unit of measurement in her head. So that way she could, uh, oh, well, this is two cells by one and a half cells or something like that. And, and she was able to draw up a floor plan in Microsoft Excel, what accountants use for booking and all that other money stuff. Again, I, I, I still don't understand what my wife does for a living, but it was absolutely amazing having a floor plan or having her vision of a floor plan in a pro put into a program that was specifically not intended for that. And it was like, like you said, it is one of those things that when they come to you, you're just like, wow, this is so cool. Just the way that they were able to do that. It, it was just, it blew my mind a little bit, the way people can just come up with such creative ways to, to communicate what their thoughts are to an architect it was it was really neat well, well i think it's that it is that very analytical person that you know because james is the same way with excel there are things that he does in there that i will never understand and i've asked him to help me with stuff in excel and they, i know he's looking at me like you're the dumbest person on the block because this is so simple but i don't get it but yeah for, for a very analytical person i can see see using something like that to really be able to communicate and i've actually seen I'm with you. I've actually seen that happen once or twice where clearly they've drawn it in Excel or or they've somehow done it in PowerPoint. I don't know how that works. But they've they've communicated it to you that way. And and I I tend to when I'm talking with clients, I, I will tell them, and, and I'm sure you do this too, that there are there are two things that I want clients to consider during programming, what their needs are and what their wants are. What is it that you need to get out of this floor plan? What are the absolute necessities in what we're doing in this project? And then your needs of, or your wants of, well, if we can do all these things and still have some room and money left over, I also want this. 
and clients will come to me with a literal spreadsheet. I've I've one client had multiple tabs, so room by room, we had a tab for general stuff. Then we had it broken down in columns mm-hmm. by the this is what the wife wants, this is what the husband wants. So you know, wants and needs. So it was like and and they didn't always cross. So there were things that he wanted that she didn't care about and that she wanted and vice versa. So so yeah, so it was that sort of analytical thing coming through of, of okay, I can break this down into a spreadsheet and to them it all makes sense, but it was a great way for them to communicate because I'm trying to do programming. I'm trying to figure out, okay, what all do we have to put in the house? And it's literally staring at me in a, in a spreadsheet. And I don't know that, I mean, when I started in this, in this business 25 years ago, I don't ever recall a client coming to us with a spreadsheet like that, that, that they just had something so well-defined it seems to seems to have maybe happened more recently. Maybe I, I don't know. But again, this is a much more digital age. And once upon a time, people used to tear out sheets out of magazines. But you don't have that anymore. People don't really tend to do that anymore. Although I did have a client give me a tear sheet about a month ago. That aside, most of it's coming out really on the you know on websites you know they're they'll send you the pinterest board they'll send you their house account they'll they'll share their all that stuff with you because this is the stuff that they're finding online and here's all their thoughts about those things so it's it's a much different way of communicating than it was 25 years ago oh uh, see i i i love a good pinterest board like that's like a client who has ever i mean hopefully it's a, it's a bit more organized than i keep my own personal pinterest but Oh, I, I love digging through a, a good Pinterest board for any and all inspiration a client wants to bring to to the table. That's good. I I like. I don't mind I, Pinterest kind of because I'm the same way with you. I don't, you know, I, one I've I have stopped paying any attention to my Pinterest account because there's just so much crap out there. Uh, <laughs> but the same way with you, my organization of it wasn't great, but. I, I really like Hal's because it feels like that's just feels more organized to me for some reason. I don't know why it's probably, probably Pinterest really isn't different, but I think Pinterest is looks more like a, a tack board versus a sort of catalog of images. If that makes sense. You know, it's, it's, it's easier to, for me and to, and Hal's to go through and just flip, 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 picture, 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 versus looking over this stuff that's just sort of sort of been pinned everywhere for lack of a better phrase. Either way, I think I think that's that is something that has changed significantly, and that's a lot about how clients really really find a way to communicate. I've never had someone go, "Oh, I saw this episode on HGTV. Here's the link to it. Please watch it." The first one that does that, I'm going to have to tell them, "No, you're done. I am not watching an episode of you know with Chip and JoJo or the Property Brothers to get inspiration oh, for your project." Jeez. Now, I, so I haven't had that. But I have had somebody direct me to a rom-com on Netflix because they really liked the kitchen from a particular character's set. And I was like, oh, well, that's that, that's an interesting way of showing somebody like just trying to communicate to, to an architect and like direct me to the specific minute and second to where they they can show me, OK, this is the kitchen I liked from this movie i have had that and i i think that i thought that was pretty cool like i didn't have to go do any of the the searching myself like she just literally just sent me the clip but it was like i said straight out of netflix you're like oh that's pretty cool yeah 
I like that she sent you the clip. I think that's <laughs> that's really pretty clever. But because yeah, you don't know where your inspiration is going to come from, and if that's the best way to communicate to you what they're really wanting, then then why not? But yeah, I think that the digital aspect of of how we're living right now really does does make a difference and, and, and provides a great way for people to communicate. But you've had people do something that where they've just simply slapped a piece of trace paper. And I've had clients do this a little bit too, a little more rougher, but you've had clients who've actually gone over it with a with a straight edge and a pencil and that doesn't sound like a good thing. <laughs> whenever it's been my experience that whenever a client who isn't an architect. Like I could understand if another architect hired you to do their house. Like if, if you have a commercial architect, he said, I don't know anything about residential Larry. I want to hire you to do my house uh, remodel. I, I could understand in a situation like that, where a client would come back and say, okay, I've got, I, I've got my ideas and I've drawn them up with my straight edge and my, my rulers and, and all the lines are perfect. And, and this is, you know, just the hand drawing exercise for an architect. It, well, it can be cathartic for one, but two, it, it's it's just how we operate. But when a client who's not an architect comes to you with their straight edge drawings, I I I, I immediately a little warning lights go on in my head uh, for two reasons. One, because they either think that what they've drawn is like what you're going to end up putting on in, into their, into, into, into the, into AutoCAD for them. Like they've done, they've already done the design and all you, all they need us to do is just put it into AutoCAD form so they can take it to the city or, or whatever the case may be. That situation never ends well for me. Or the other one is they're just like, I had a client who he did that. He, he came to me with the, with a hand-drawn kind of remodel that he had that he had kind of already worked through in his head, but he had gone to architecture school, but then took a different route. Like he went the investment banking route rather than the architecture route. And trust me, it's a great way to make a heck of a lot more money than you as an architect. But he knew enough to be dangerous, and that was where I could I could talk to him. Uh, you know, just one designer to another because he was a designer at heart, and, and I could talk to him at like one designer to another about how things were laying out in in his floor plan but it was still one of those things where he he knew enough to be dangerous but at the same time i i still felt like i had a little bit to give and and sometimes it's just there's a little bit of tension when when you have too many too many cooks in the kitchen right there it's that kind of situation like i know my wife just wants me to stay out of her way when she's doing her thing and and it it gets to be too much sometimes, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and I th I think too that for a lot of clients, I think there is that idea of well, if I can sketch it out, they should be able to understand it and and really interpret it. But there's so many there's so many of those little elements that that you know there there's this, that sense of scale. You know, okay. Well, I actually had somebody. Oh my gosh, this was years ago. They sent us a drawing and they had they had actually done it in the computer, which was fine. But they had drawn all the tables and chairs is or for a restaurant. Um, and they had drawn all the tables and chairs in place. And it's like, oh, this is great. Seating shouldn't be a problem, whatever. What they had done was to instead of making the tables three foot oh, they had, you know, three feet across, they had made the table 
and the to the back of the chairs three feet across. So the tables weren't a realistic size. The chairs weren't realistic size. And suddenly the place got really crammed full of tables and chairs. And it was like, well, um, where are you going to want people to go? So, so I think there is that, that, that challenge of scale, that challenge of understanding how spaces relate to each other too. But again, you know, this is, this is an, at least an attempt to communicate to you what they're looking for. And I'm with you, you know, someone with a little bit of experience can be a lot more dangerous than, than the commercial architect because a commercial architect will understand scale. They'll understand relationships. They'll understand that stuff. But for them to, for someone to come to you with a drawing and say, oh, look, I've drawn it for you. Here it is. And not understand that, okay, well, there's no wall thicknesses. The door sizes aren't correct. Uh, how are you going to get from here to here? There's code issues. There's all these other things. But at the same time, you know, there is that attempt at least to communicate. I, I've, I'm, and I think we've said this before, and, and every architect probably probably has said the same thing. We would love it if we had no client and an unlimited budget, then we could just do whatever we wanted to. But we do rely on our clients to really be able to communicate with us some way or another. And whether that is the the badly <laughs> the badly done pencil sketch or the Excel sketch, which I think that my husband is analytical in this fashion makes perfect sense to see him doing something similar. Although he just come to me and say, I want this this size to draw it. Or it Faye, Faye doing the same thing. But I think I think there is that communication that's essential that, that they have to get it across to us because like we said, we don't always we don't always talk well. We ain't we ain't talking so good. <laughs> it kinda of just kinda of reminds me of those Geico commercials where the caveman's just coming out from under the rock and and, and... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, like somehow they're supposed to understand us, and at the same time we're like, well, I don't know what the problem is because because I explained it all to you, but their their clients are shocked when they actually get what's what's on the plans. They're looking at it, going, "Well, I didn't know it was going to look like that." Well, then there's obviously a communication problem somewhere. But I th- I think clients are getting getting inventive on how to communicate, which I think is great. I. I sometimes feel like there's too much of it trying to be done via email professional tip don't ever try to communicate floor plan changes through an email a phone call or a zoom call or an in-person meeting is by far the best way to do it oh yeah yeah well and and i've done i just had a meeting with a client that i did over zoom because we were having this discussion we were we were going over Exterior elevations because they had they really hoped to change the the overall look of the front of the house to be more I'm not farmhouse isn't the right word but but something something a little more the, the house is currently a bunch of hip roofs versus gables and they really wanted this gable look with dormers and I had drawn stuff in elevation and said okay this is this this is these are the two options I think would work. We could do this one with the dormers, but here's how it's going to look. And here's this one with just the hip roofs, but we made some changes so it feels better. You could tell they weren't really grasping it. I knew what I thought looked good. And, I, and I'm, you know, I'm like, guys, this is, I think, the one that we have to do. Here's why I get through my reasons. And so instead, I, I sat down and drew up a couple of options in SketchUp in 3D and sat down with them in a Zoom call and said, okay, guys, here's how this is going to look. And suddenly they got it, but it's almost us in a lot of ways, us reading 
their cues to understand that they're trying to communicate something, but they're not quite sure how it's getting across. And I don't know that we always are the best at that, but it's something that they really don't, <laughs> they really don't teach in architecture school. Mind reading. Mind reading. Exactly. Well, it's, it's like all those things again of, of what are the things they don't teach us and then they should probably teach us, but that's a, a battle. I don't think we can, we can jump off to and <laughs> jump off into in the podcast. But if you guys have any any stories about how you've been able to communicate with your clients or how they've communicated to you and, and said, hey, here's what we want, whether it's a pencil sketch, whether it's crayon, <laughs> whether it's, you know, whatever it is. Smoke signals. Smoke signals, anything, an etch a sketch. But just drop us a note and let us know. As, as you know, you can always reach me, Larry, at spotteddogarchitecture.com or on Instagram at spotteddogarch. You can find me at adding arch on all social media and addingarchitecture.com. And then you can always find the podcast at Arch Geeks Podcasts on Instagram, especially since Twitter is dead now. So, yes. Farewell to Twitter, excuse me, farewell to X. But yeah, again, another thing we don't have time to go into. <laughs> yes. We hope everyone's doing well. Stay cool. Enjoy the end of your summer. I'm no school starting for everybody. So hope all that, that goes really well. And we will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye.